Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders who are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders of teams that are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and creating life-changing years for the people they lead. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Scipio. The number one challenge every salesperson faces right now is how to have more conversations with more potential customers and land more appointments. And that's why you need to check out Scipio today. I've had too many sales leaders share with me how Scipio has transformed their ability to make contact with customers faster and easier than ever before. If you don't have texting as part of your modern sales process, you need to. Scipio has the best automated texting platform I've ever seen. Scipio's texting platform will help you build personalized relationships at scale in an authentic way your customers will appreciate. Salespeople using Scipio, they say big things happen. They're seeing a 5x improvement in landing appointments and a 40% lift in show rates. And that leads to more conversations, which we all know leads to more sales. And while the results speak for themselves, don't take my word for it. Head over to Scipio.com and use the code ROB, that's R-O-B, for a 30-day trial on the plan of your choice, courtesy of the Sales Leadership Podcast. Again, that's Scipio.com and use the code ROB to see just how good a modern messaging platform can be. Now, get ready for some serious insights from this week's sales leader who's making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we got you. Hello, and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. Today, we're joined by Nadia Rashid, Senior Vice President of Sales at Seismic. Seismic is a fantastic organization that's led the charge of getting modern sales enablement right. They've had head-turning growth worldwide with no signs of slowing down in sight. Nadia has played a big role in helping Seismic not only get into high-growth mode, but more importantly, stay there regardless of the external circumstances. She's played key leadership roles for some iconic companies like Marketo, Omnovia, and several others with great success. Now, I first met Nadia a couple of years ago when we were both speaking at an outreach roadshow event. I was super impressed with her approach to sales leadership then, and I have been following her ever since. I am super excited to have her join me in what I believe is a really important and really timely topic. Nadia, Thank you so much for joining us. I'm pumped to have you on our show and welcome. Thank you so much, Rob. It's a privilege to be here with you. Well, <clears throat> I'm really grateful. I, I'm, as you know, I'm a fan of what you do and, and the, the, the success that you and your team at Seismic are having is super exciting. I'm a big fan of what you guys have done and uh, I'm excited to get into a little bit about your playbook here today. Let's do it. Why don't you start by introducing Seismic uh, to our listeners and a little bit about what you guys do for your customers? Yeah, absolutely. So we're essentially a sales enablement solution, right? So providing the right content to the right buyer at the right time. So essentially helping sellers sell more, easier, and they know where to go, right, to find all the content. And so there's a ton of value, right, when you think about the handoff from marketing automation, right? It's teeing those leads up. But then from that point, what are you doing? You're guiding the seller. And um, sellers love that, right? And we're a solution for, for you know, Fortune 1000 companies all the way down to companies with less than 50 employees um, and everything in between. So driving a ton of value for sales and marketing orgs. Yeah, well, and you guys, you guys like were part of the development of that whole enablement movement. You kind of helped define it, what good looked like, what success should be measured like. So yeah, you've done really great things. And I'm, I'm grateful to have you joining us today. Here's one of my questions I, I always like to ask really successful sales leaders before we get going, just at a high level. How'd you get started in sales? Very few people that I've met said, I want to get, st- I want to be in sales when I grow up. Just how'd you get started and how did that lead you to Seismic? Cause you're in a really great spot in a really great company. I'm interested in just a little bit of your story. Yeah, great question. So I was actually in college. I am originally from Houston and big oil and gas city, right? Um, and I had an internship and I was literally dialing for dollars. This is before like outreach sales loft, any of those solutions. And, um, you know, I just did really well as an individual contributor, um, selling oil and gas equipment. And I did that role, um, literally for probably six months. And they said, Hey, did you want, do you want to join full time? And I said, well, I'm in college. And 
it was an attractive offer, right? The oil and gas industry is quite lucrative, especially when you're in college, that kind of money. Um, and so I actually changed all of my classes to night classes and did that during the day and quickly got promoted just for being, you know, top of the leaderboard consistently, knew nothing about leadership and honestly knew nothing about sales. Like it was a hybrid inside slash outside sales role. Um, certainly didn't fit in, right? It's a good old boy network. And, you know, I'm a female, I was younger, I was managing a team that was just very different than anything I was exposed to, um, and really wanted to get into tech and then transitioned into a company called Pros. Um, and they do pricing optimization um, software. And that's where I got my land in technology and, and SaaS and, you know, it's history from there. Yeah, you've had a really great run. That's I appreciate that. That's that's kind of a common story that I find as I meet with some of these great sales leaders. Like we're almost accidentally involved, right? Where we kind of fall into it. We realize, well, like, like for me, I got a degree in marketing, and the only job I could get was a sales job. And then I'm like, I'll never go into marketing again. I, I love the sales of it. So we're accidentally involved, but we become intentionally successful. And so that's what I want to talk about today: is how we can be intentionally successful. And one of the things I love about you, Nadia, is I've listened to you on a lot of different opportunities, either as a speaker or things that you share in LinkedIn, et cetera, is you're really emphasize, good at emphasizing people development. You're always talking about people, right? It's clear that that's something that you're connected to. Um, I love this emphasis I've seen you have around kind of fueling the journey of some of those people. And I don't think it's any secret that our workplace has changed a ton in the last two years, right? Huh. Um, why don't we start with that? How have you had to change as a leader to make sure that you can not only attract, but also retain and then fuel the ongoing growth of this top talent that I've seen you talk about with so much passion? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm very competitive, love sales, but I also love to invest in people. But my personal style has has definitely evolved. I think pre-pandemic, I was less sympathetic to what people had going on, right? Like I cared, but I don't know how actively I cared, right? It was just, you know, let's go, we have a number, let's go do everything under the sun to do it. And then you have COVID and people are mentally down, they're physically down, people in their family are sick, et cetera. And you need to change the way that you manage and lead people, right? And so I think that I've, I've been always sympathetic, but I think my delivery is very different, right? It's like, we can go and ensure that no one is burning out, right? Through this whole process. And how do I uh, actually get the most from individuals? And so my style in terms of my one-on-ones have changed the timing of when I do it. Now I actually ask people, when is the best time you receive feedback? Like, is it wow. when you're out on a walk? Um, when is the best time we should do one-on-ones? Um, constructive feedback, all of that. Because I need to take into consideration that they're sitting at a desk for like eight to 12 hours a day, right? And if our one-on-ones are usually when they're already mentally burned out at 4 p.m. On a, on a Wednesday, then maybe that's not the best time for us to have a productive conversation. I like that a lot. I knew we would probably get to the one-on-one. I find it super interesting and, and also, frankly, not surprising that you led with the one-on-one. Um, have you found that the individual relationship has had to change in recent time? Or is it, like you said, it used to be different. It used to be about the number. Like, have you had to change like the whole nature of the relationship or not that much? Oh, absolutely. Like I was someone that was a road warrior, right? So yeah. with prospects, but actually getting out with my team and, you know, it's, it's, it's been a challenge, right? Because so much of it is based off the relationship and sometimes you're so direct and you're not always on camera and things are misconstrued and in, in your intent, uh, you know, and, and in the past you were having coffee with someone or you were having a drink with them and you guys were getting to know each other. And, and now you know, you just need to be cognizant about everything. Um, and I think that has certainly changed. Yeah, that's a big change because I feel like, I don't know how what your perspective is, but for me, I would like almost give lip service to like the whole person or what they do outside of work. Like, and as I get to know them better, that might change. And then I would like genuinely know them well, right? But it wasn't, it wasn't like a focus point, at least for me. And now I almost feel like it's flipped around that if like it's so intertwined, maybe it's not fully flipped around because we still got numbers to hit. We still got to win. But like one of the things that I hear people talking about a lot is the emphasis on the whole person and not just the salesperson. You seen that? Oh, I love what you just said. Um, That is very, very true, right? Like 
in the past, I think it was like, no, don't take time off at the end of the quarter. Like that, that's foolish. Now it's hold on. Like we, we are now operating where we have a little bit more time. Let's be a little bit more flexible. And if that means that you need to take a, what I call a mental health day, right. Um, And if, if it happens to fall at the end of the quarter, then that's fine because I can actually get more from you if, um, if I allow you to do that and we're in sync there, when you come back, you're rejuvenated and you're 150% in. Um, and so I think doing some of those things and, and my expectation with people has certainly changed. Yeah. So let's, let's explore that one a little bit. I, I, uh, I just, I, I work with a lot of sales leaders and, and everybody's talking to me about trying, like, how do I, how do I do? I love your like the mental health day. There's a lot of emphasis on mental health now. There's a lot of emphasis around making sure that we're taking care of our, ourselves, et cetera. But let's start with the leaders. Here's one of the things I've observed, Nadia. I, I want to maybe it's going to put you on the spot. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like sometimes we try to do things for those we lead, but we don't do it for ourselves, right? We're we're still like want to be strong and we're still out there and we're still whatever and. And too many leaders, I think, are still, maybe I'm wrong, maybe, but but it's got to be something that we demonstrate, not just something we encourage them to do. We got to be doing it ourselves too. Yeah? No? Absolutely. Like, um, especially as, as you're a leader and you go higher up in the org, right? You have different, different levels of stress and expectations. And I think it, it's just like, you got to lead by example in every way, right? And setting boundaries is great. Like, in the morning, I tell people, look, I have a kid, I have to take him to school. So usually, um, and people tend to respect it in general. um, But it's like, I'm not going to be the best if there's a toddler screaming in the background. And so, you know, setting those expectations, and I expect that from them as well, right? If you're at a doctor's appointment, and, you know, there's a meeting, let's, let's shift things around, let's figure out how to do it where you're not in a capacity to be overwhelmed. So so let's, let's, Let's kind of like dive into this one. I like your idea that it's important for us to not be overwhelmed. It's important for us to be able to be like the best version of us. How can a leader help someone achieve that state and kind of stay there? Because listen, our jobs are stressful jobs. I, I think that the sales job is the most important job in any company. I know I always piss people off when they hear me say it. I don't care. Nothing happens till you sell something. If you don't want, if you don't believe that sales function is the most important role, then let's just take sales away for a little while and then tell me what you yeah. think. And so we got a lot of, of, of pressure, right? We got a lot of pressure to perform. Um, every morning you wake up, quotas there. We have to. We our job is to fuel the company. How do you do that as a leader? I get a lot of questions from people. In fact, I got a call this weekend, Nadia. One of the people that I coach she called me, and her question was, "How do you recharge?" That was her question. She's like, how do you recharge? She's like, just getting a good night, good night's sleep doesn't seem to be doing it for me. How do you recharge? I thought it was a really interesting question. It led to kind of a longer conversation. I'm, I'm interested in your take on that. You know, as leaders, how do we help people recharge? Yeah, great question. It's interesting. One of my reps on, um, I think he's on my mid-market team, Brian Young, literally posted about this last night and tagged me and asked me how I personally recharge. Okay. So it's always like, you got to find your own balance, right? Everyone recharges in a different way. Like for me, it's like three, three components. It's like mind, body, and soul, right? Like what am I feeding my mind on a regular basis? Like body means like for me, at least is like, I need to get out there, work out, be active. Like it's a release for me. Um, and then, you know, the soul is like, what are the things that make you happy? Right. And for me, it's like hanging out with a bunch of girlfriends, going to a great dinner, having good conversation. And you need to figure out how frequent you need to do these things. For me, the body aspect of working out is an everyday type thing. I, I'm my best when I do that. And so I think just understanding when are you at your optimal state, like you need to identify that. And if are there behaviors or things you can do to make sure you do those things on a consistent basis. And that's okay. If that means you're, you're carving out time on your calendar to do these things, that's fine. I want to encourage that behavior if I can get the, the most out of someone. And I think everyone refuels in a different way and you just need to identify it and prioritize it. Like that's something you got to do. Yeah. I really, I really like that. And I think that let's, let's bridge this into the one-on-one. You talked about how you changed your one-on-ones and like maybe when you did them, did the things you talk about in your one-on-ones change as a result? 
I would say <clears throat> yes, right? You're you're more sympathetic um, to what is going on around them. I think that's really important, right? Because you know, I think mental health and all of that is certainly heightened with what's going on, depending on also the types of people you deal with. I have teams that are global sellers, enterprise sellers. They are used to working from a home office and, and being road warriors, right? But now they're not on the road. How is that impacting them? Um, so I think they each have individual challenges, right? My mid-market SMB sort of sellers, they're green. They're used to being in the office and they don't have that ability to do that. So I think actually talking about, well, what are those challenges? How are you feeling? And trying to keep them motivated um, is something that you're spending a lot of time on in your one-on-ones. Okay. So this is like super interesting to me because I think the one-on-one is a leader's like most valuable tool. Cause I don't think before the world started to change, I don't think people like to be defined just by where they were on the leaderboard or where the kind of stack rankings or the activity metrics. I've always felt like data never lies, but it also never tells the whole story. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> any, any tips for our listeners on that? I, I think that's a really important thing. How, listen, I like, I, here's maybe my example, like getting a bespoke suit, like having a tape, something made for you, like a piece of clothing made for you. Right. When you go in, they measure everything. They measure my neck and my chest and my arms and my legs and found out I got one leg slightly longer than the other. And um, and measuring turned out to be a really cool thing because it was all about me, right? And, um, and I, I've often thought that the one-on-one should almost be like that bespoke suit-making experience. And measurements aren't bad if it's all about me, right? Instead of about where I stand relative to the others. I'm super interested because I know you like are really good at this one-on-one thing. And unfortunately, most reps say that the coaching or the one-on-ones they get are only eh, right. And so I think this is something that I would love to peel back and see a little bit about your approach to how you do that. Like, how do you connect to them and what's the role of metrics as it relates in that unique tailored experience? Yeah, good, good question. We could probably talk about this in for a while. Right. So first off, um, I don't have one-on-ones just to have one-on-ones, right? Um, it's Let's just, talk about that. Sit on yeah. that for a minute. That yeah. that's all we talk about, Nadia. You hit a home run today. Yeah, and some people are like, "Well, I do it every single week." I'm like, "That's great." Um, I actually talk to my team pretty frequently, and I actually don't want them to wait for a one-on-one if something is pressing. Um, there's a right time, of course, to do things like if it's the end of the quarter, don't come and talk to me about a raise. That doesn't make sense. But, um, you know, if there's something in, in your way, raise your hand, like Slack, text, whatever we need to do. But um, when I do my one on ones, I actually do not go over metrics. And let me tell you the reason why I can sit behind my computer, look at all the data from Domo, Salesforce, and I, I know where someone stands. Right. And I can come to a hypothesis whether someone's doing well or not. The only time I drill into here, let's go over these metrics is if stuff isn't going right. Otherwise, I want to be more strategic. What's getting in your way? How can I help you? Let's actually talk about strategic topics that are going to have you amplify what you're already doing. Or if I've identified trends or some of you, you've identified me, let's strategize on what we do there. And I mean, I'm a second line leader. So we're talking a lot about people, process, and just overall strategy. And then of course we do things like forecast calls where let's drill into that stuff, but one-on-ones, it's like a two-way dialogue and it's mostly how I'm going to help you get stuff out of your way so you can actually do better. I love what you just said. Um, the, that metrics are not one of your go-tos in the one-on-one unless something's not going somewhere. I think a lot of leaders could benefit from that. I think that there's this epidemic, Nadia, that I call spreadsheet leadership. <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> and, and they, it's almost like it's a lazy approach because you're just turning to the numbers. And, and I think that that's one of the things that I found needed to change the most is, is the numbers are what led to sell, so many people just celebrating the grind. And the only number that I really care about right now is the progress we're making is, is our maximum effort creating maximum speed mm-hmm. and, or, or is our effort not getting us anywhere? And if that's the case, we should figure out why, but um, I don't think we have lazy people involved in our organizations anymore. I think that's all been fleshed out 
And so that's why I'm like, how do we make sure that we're getting the speed we need in order to get where we need? And sometimes that's on the personal side. Sometimes that's going to be on the professional side. Sometimes it's a blend. Um, and so I, I think that that's super insightful. Um, I know some leaders get nervous about that though, that like, maybe they're saying, oh, well, if I, if I don't use the numbers or if I, if I'm not like trying to count pace or what stuff like that, I mean, I, I don't know. I have a lot of a lot of people talking to me about that, and I subscribe to your way of thinking on any any kind of instructions or reasons that you might give leaders on how they could maybe make their one on ones become more impactful. Because I think a lot of times I've had reps tell me, Nadia, I think my one on one is a reporting session. It's not like a planning and improvement session, mm-hmm. and and that's like to me is a litmus test. Any thoughts? Yeah. I mean, for my stance, right. I, I do look at the metrics. I just do it in my personal time. Right. And so like I can look at it and okay, if I'm going into a one-on-one with a actual rep, right. And, and I'm like, okay, well, their outbound activity isn't there. I see that they're, uh, you know, they're struggling with pipeline. So I've already made an assessment up. So when I'm asked like, how are things going, you know, tell me about, you know, what are you struggling with? They're like, Oh, pipeline generation. Okay. Well, tell me, tell me what you're doing today. Like, let's talk through some strategies. And I can essentially figure out if they're BSing me or what. So it's like you indirectly talk about it by figuring out like what are their challenges, what's getting in the way. And you can still use data and metrics that you've sort of investigated to then weave it into your conversation um, because you still need it, right? To go and figure out like how well is someone doing? Like, is it time to have more stern conversations? Um, but I think like you use that as a benchmark. If I go into a one-on-one and I notice, Hey, this rep has, you know, five X pipeline generating their own pipeline, 200% of number year to date. I want to know how we replicate that, not only for that individual, um, and what, what does great look like for them? Like, will they get burned out on that? How can I help? How can I take more things off their plate? Um, how do I get the right things onto their plate? Um, and how do we replicate that across the board? Um, that's almost like the multiplier effect for me, right? Um, versus just like, let's tell me, you know, more about these metrics around building yeah. line or acceleration. So you used a word that I wanted to get into. So I'm glad you used it. So let's explore it together. You just mentioned burnout. Burnout is happening like as much as it's ever happened right now. The, the recent jobs report shows we've had more turnover than we've had in the last 23 years. Um, we have a lot of people talking about burnout. Like, can you, like, where do you see it? What, like, how do you avoid it? Maybe, maybe we start like, what's, what's burnout to you? How do you know it? Like, can, can you see it happening before it hits? Uh, how do you handle it? I'd love for you to start sharing that. Cause I think you've done a tremendous job in keeping high performers, like really engaged at times when it would be easy to have people burning out all around. So I'd love your thoughts around burnout and indicators and how you might even avoid it or fix it. Yeah. I mean, for myself, like you feel it, right? Like, are you overwhelmed? Do you have too much on your plate? Can you not get your, get to your deliverables? Um, And even if you're asking for help, is it still too much on your plate? Like, you know, that it's a lot. And so I think that that's an opportunity when I sense it with other people, like, and they tell you, right? Like, I just have a lot going on. I can't do this, this, and this. It's, it's, you try to figure out how you conquer and divide. That's a big thing. And then clear things out of the way. Like I have reps tell me all the time, you know, we just rolled out new packaging. We just acquired a company. The training's a lot. And I said, yeah, but it's also very critical. So let's think about other things we could take off your plate or at least push, right? A week or two, would that help buy you time where you feel like you're not working till 10 PM every night? And so I think, you know, having that open dialogue, it comes up um, when you just ask someone, how are you doing? Like, how's your workload? Can you take on more? Um, And I think that they'll share with you that. And then I think the biggest thing for individuals, even at like, for me, it's, you know, feeling comfortable telling people, no, that's okay. I can't take this meeting. Even if it's, I need 30 minutes just to eat lunch and not be on 10 hours of meetings back to back. And I think that's where people need to start being a little bit more comfortable. Um, And I have some reps, right? They've worked with me at Marketo. They work with me here and they're like, Hey, I can't do that. I have lunch plans. I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. We'll talk another day. So I love that confidence because it's setting the boundary and managing up as well. So those are two really, really good ideas, right? Whenever you add something, be sure you take something else off really good. 
I like that. And then don't be afraid to say no. Um, why do you think, which one do you think is harder of those two? I think most people like to give in and they want to take on a lot. Right. And so we're ambitious people, right? We don't want to be seen as weak either. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, people are like, I don't want to be perceived like I'm not a good team player or any of that. And I tell them it's okay to push back, like on me, give me feedback so I can help because it trusts me. If you're feeling this way, our organization is so large. If we're asking them to do these same things, they are also feeling this way, but I want you to feel empowered to at least speak up because again, one of my jobs is to make sure I'm clearing the way so you could do what you do really best, which ultimately for all of us is to sell more. So you've talked a lot about doing it in the one-on-ones. I want to, I want to talk for a second about like culture. I think culture and climate are key things that leaders are in charge of. And as I listen to you, Nadia, it's like, it's so natural to you. It's like, It almost reminds me of, there's a story of Picasso when he was asked, how are you so good at painting? And he was like, you idiot, I just paint. I can't tell you how I do it. I just do it, right? And and, uh, the idea of a paint by numbers would have been really foreign to him because he's like, I just paint. And, um, and, And for people like you, maybe it's really natural, but we got like several thousand leaders listening to you right now. Any advice that you might give these leaders on ways that they can start trying to create the kind of culture that will help them connect to people the way you're kind of talking about connecting to people in a way that's real and authentic and people believe? Yeah, I definitely don't have the playbook. Um, And if you would have asked me this question years ago, (laughs) um, I was calling BS, by the way. Yeah, I even years ago, I was so closed as an individual Um, and I remember they hired like an executive coach to kind of walk me through and help, help me out because I was so private in my personal life, what I had going on, all of that. And it dawned on me that I'm like, why am I being, it wasn't being inauthentic, but people want to get to know you as an individual. Right. And I think that allows them to feel comfortable in that space. Maybe they relate to topics, whatever it may be, your struggles, whatever it may be. And it's not a sign of weakness. I think people want to know that, look, we're all human beings at the end of the day. And for you to have some level of connection, no one is perfect, like, and just be authentic in who you are. And people want to get to know you. Like, what do you do for fun? Like, what does your personal life really look like? And I think that's where people end up going, going to bat for you, right? I have an RVP on my squad that he does phenomenal work, Will Quigley, phenomenal work. Um, 400% of his number already, like year to date, just, just crushing it but he's super passionate about giving back to the community. And sometimes that means that he leaves at three o'clock to teach um, this little, it's not a little league, they're they're high school kids to go and do that a couple of weeks, um, you know, during the season and that rejuvenates him. Right. And he could just say, Hey, I'm taking some time off and not share that. And I would be less sympathetic, but because he shared that aspect, it's it's actually like, hell, I want you to give back to the community um, because I actually get more from you during that process. So Nadia, that's, first of all, shout out to Will. Love, we all want Will's on our team, right? Um, what I like about what you just said, though, is, is you're tapping into individual passion factors that these people, like that he has, wants to give back. And, and I love that. Again, I, I don't know how intentional. There's two things you said. I love the passion factors. But my, maybe the favorite thing you've said so far on here to me is, you've gone on an intentional journey yourself. You're like, Hey, I used to be closed and I had to become more, more open. And, and I love that you said I was very intentional about that with my leadership style. And it sounds like it's paying dividends for you right now and the impact that you have, but let's start with that passion factors thing. And, and I think that I want to finish because we're going to, I can't believe we're running out of time. We've only got like 10 more minutes to talk crazy. Um, I want to finish with that because I think you can give some good advice for our leaders that are on their own journeys on things they can do to have impact like you're having. Any insights on like attaching to those passion factors? I I really like that because everyone's got this balance. We've got the stress factors that are pulling on us. We have the passion factors that we get really excited about. Uh, and your story that you just shared is a good one because if you can understand kind of what turns the motor for these people that are on your team, you can really make sure you got the right fuel inside, right? Yeah, I, I think that's that's totally on point. Like for me, one of the things that I would do when I was a frontline leader, I would spend time with my reps and I would ask like, okay, what are your goals, right? You talk about it in your QBR, natural. Like I want to get to the president's club. I want to be at 300% of my number. Those are natural things 
that rep should say, but I'm like, okay, you're doing all that because of what more importantly, what does that mean in your personal life? What do those goals look like? Because then I can actually push you further and do all of that. And I've had people say like, I want to buy my mom a house or I need to pay off my college loans that I've had for 10 years. Okay, cool. What's that amount? And I think just that level of understanding where their drive and passion comes from will, will help us as leaders. And I think as a leader, we should also share some of the reasons why we're doing the job. Like, why are we so passionate about it? Why are we also riding their tails, you know, to drive revenue? Like, of course, we're naturally competitive. We all want to win. But I think it's a two-way street. And so once when people understand the reason why you're doing it, they also want to show up for you. They want to run through a brick brick wall. And I think it's just about communication and being open um, and, and transparent. I think in the past, there was this misconception that like, if I share this, it's almost like a sign of weakness. And I think things have changed. Like people aren't that way. It's almost like, Hey, I want to go work for this person. They're normal. They're like, I am. Yeah. I think that right there is gold, Nadia. Um, For whatever reason, there was this feeling of you had to like be tough or separate or whatever. And nah, I I love that, that we're real. And, And your concept here of sharing why you as a leader, what, what fires you up and, and how you make their challenges, your challenges and why you do that. If you can do that in a way that's authentic, man, that's, that's rocket fuel. That's not just like unleaded gas in your car. That's rocket fuel right there, Nadia. No, I love it. I remember I would write things down and it would actually benefit me as a leader. So if I was, you know, we're in an account review and I'm just, I'm pushing hard, like I'm finding gaps and and I'm asking them to do more. And if there was ever a, a moment where they're like, it's just a lot or you're, you're just, you're, you're riding my tail. I'm like, just remember your goal of, I want to buy my mom a house by this date. I'm helping you get there. We all are right. And it's going to feel hard, just like everything in, in life is just not easy. And it, I could actually get more output from them. I used to put like notes on people's desks for the ones that used to come into the office, like the Sweet. last couple of days of the quarter, like you know, doing great work, can't wait to get X, Y, Z in. Um, we're, you know, so much more closer to whatever that goal was. And just me acknowledging what it was and knowing that across all these reps, I think it, it does speak volumes. Is it a fine line between trying to help people achieve the most they can achieve and feel like you're driving too hard? Is there like, I, I do have sometimes that I've had companies hire me because maybe their leader got feedback of they're too much of a driver. Is, is there any thoughts do you have on that? Like, is there a balancing act involved in your mind? So I think that it goes to like the people, right? You're okay. not, not everyone is going to be an A plus player, right. right? I use Sarah Hardy worked with me at Marketo. She's now here doing phenomenally well. Um, and I know that I can push her, right? And, and I push her very differently than I push other people. And if I do that, um, I'll, I'll go and get 200% production out of her. But if I apply even partial pressure um, with someone else that may have also had the same track record of working together, they may they may break, right? So you got to know how much someone can handle the delivery of it, when to do it, um, and just know everyone's wired differently. Like sometimes negative motivation works for some and other people, they, they want to go slash their wrist. So I think just being mindful of who you're dealing with and what makes sense. Oh, I like that. So it goes back to that whole bespoke it's tailored. I mean, people want to know that their leader gets them. I found that's a passion factor in and of itself, Nadia, that I have a leader who gets me. They know how to work with me. They know how they know when to push me. They know when to support me. They know when to give me a minute, <laughs> right? And so I think that that's what I'm gathering from our conversation is, is to be that leader who can get the most out of the top talent. It's not how hard you can push them and how relentless you are. It's how well you can know them and connect to who they are. Is that saying it well? I think that's a good way of saying it for sure. For sure. Yeah. I like that because as we're starting to wrap up here, I'm going to take you through our kind of rapid fire, three questions that I always ask every sales leader that I bring on here in a second. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I know I didn't tell you that. I I rarely tell anybody about because I love to get like the top of of mind answers on. I can't wait to get yours. Um, Let's let's take a minute or two and and maybe in in the modern sales world, in the world we're in now, is there like one or two non-negotiables that you would suggest? Again, you got thousands of leaders listening to you right now all around the world, all different industries. 
like, as you sit here and think about what's led to your success, like today, any non-negotiables, like one, two, maybe three things that you'd say, Hey, these are things you got to do. You got to commit to, you got to do with excellence and you should start doing right now. Any, any thoughts around that? Yeah. I think just the table stakes, like I think probably really cliche, you got to work hard. <laughs> like it's, there's no, yeah, there's exactly. no, nothing around that. Right. Yep. Um, that is something that's huge. Um, second, and I think I'm still learning through, through the process um, is talk less, listen more. Like, I don't care what it is, whether it's a personal relationship or friendship, work, discovery call, whatever it may be. That's very, very critical. You can be in a procurement call and not be actively listening. And I think that there's a difference, right? Listening versus active. I think if someone does that, that, that helps. And then the third aspect of it, and, you know, it's very much focused on, on sales, but it's, it's that relationship. Can you really connect with individuals at the end of the day? People want to buy from people that they respect, right? And that could mean that you're a trusted advisor, that you're providing them the right information at the right time. You're not being pushy. There's a style to that. But um, I think at the end of the day, it does still, even in this new normal of Zoom, come down to the relationship of it. Be mindful of what other people have going on internally, externally, and um, treat them as if they are right. Very important. And they are to your business, to your pipeline and all of that. And so those are three things I think about I'll just add one fourth one on there is just be, go. Yeah. Be very curious. Like the people that ask for me, like the layering questions, tell me more, all of that. Like, again, personal and professionally, it impacts them tremendously. Right. Um, it, it's just learning more about that person, what motivates your prospect, um, about their business scope, like what it can just run all through it. But the, the point is people that are curious to learn more and discover more about other people. This is that really was a good. lot. Nah, <laughs> Nadia, I like it. Those four things, what I love, <clears throat> and this will be my kind of way of trying to add one thing to what you said. Then I got three questions and I'll let you go. I, I really am grateful. Like, I, thank you so much for joining us. You're so good. I, I really appreciate your insights. The things that we share, like work hard, talk less, listen more, connect, be curious. Those are things we train our reps to do so they can have really strong relationships with customers so they will buy. But they're the same things. I love how you just apply them. This is what you as a leader need to do with your reps so you can have the kind of conversation so they buy in to you as a leader, right? Great point. Those are things that, yeah, internally, externally, yeah, makes total sense, right? With your direct reports, your indirect reports, your husband, wife. I think it all applies. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I like it is it's, it's like it, I've always found the best solutions are the ones that are the simplest and make the most sense. If it's complex or hard to, I, I got to remember then it's harder to do, but these are the things that lead to success in getting people to choose to change. And as a leader, our job should be to say, can I get people to choose growth instead of just their talent? And that's why I love your four non-negotiables. Thank you for sharing those. That's awesome. That's really good. Love it. So I got three questions for you fast. Top of mind. I don't need a lot of depth. I'm, I'm interested <laughs> in top of mind. Rapid fire. You ready? I, 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 yeah. Can I plead the fifth on any of these? Sure. If you want okay. to, no problem. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Okay. Biggest sales leadership you challenge you see right now and like uh, a suggestion on how you might address it. Yeah. I think it's driving talent. It is a very competitive market out here. And first, how do you keep people engaged with who you have, right, as a part of your squad, but the job market is on fire, especially in SaaS, right? So I think that's one. Okay, I love it. Very good one. Thank you. Number two, you have built some teams. You've built some iconic teams. Uh, when you are building a team and you're interviewing people, is there a attribute that you like to interview for and discover for? Uh, what is it? And, 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 you know, how do you, is there like a question or a, a principle that you like to leverage to try and tap into that? Great question. The one thing I look for, you can be great, have a phenomenal track record, um, or on the other side, be pretty green. I don't care about any of that at the end of the day. I care about, are you willing to take feedback? Because we know our playbook here and we can certainly learn more, but the big carrot is, can you actually take feedback? That is a really good one. I 
had a lot of great answers to that question. We're actually turning it into a, a good book, like these interview questions of the most successful sales leaders like yourself. That one will make the book for sure. Um, last one, leaders are readers, and uh, they don't ever seem to stop their journey. And I don't care if it's audio books. I don't care if it's big books. I also don't care if it's like blogs or podcasts, bite-sized chunks. Is there anything that's a source of knowledge that's been helpful to you that you might suggest to the listeners that are interested in what you've had to share today? Yeah. Um, so I am not a big reader, right? Okay. I'll say that. Um, do you like, you know, several podcasts? I actually, this may sound very weird. I like to learn from other people. And so I actually keep a, a little journal and whether it's like a post someone put out or something they said in a meeting, and then I find myself like on Google researching whatever it was, right? Like it could be something as simple as like my boss saying, like, you got to lead from the front and me like, okay, well, I know what that means, but what are those activities and stuff to get there? And then Google and I spend a lot of time together. <laughs> now, that is the most, like nobody has given me an answer even close to that. And that is one of my all-time favorites. You keep a journal of insights that you spend time, like you said, Google and I spend some time together. That That is a super insightful approach to that. I, I, I'm going to steal that from you. I'm going to start that same type of a journal and start spending that kind of time with, with Google. I, I appreciate that. That's super insightful. Like, All right, Nadia, you, you, you've been amazing. Um, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to want to connect with you. Uh, how do people, if they want to get more of the content you put down, if they want to watch your journey, if they have you know, reasons that they want to reach out, maybe they want to learn more about seismic. Maybe they want to kind of hear what you're thinking about. How do they do that? How do they get more of you? How do they learn more about what you're doing? How do they connect to you? Yeah. LinkedIn, Nadia Rashid, R-A-S-H-I-D. I think that's the best way. Um, please reach out. I think that like I'm a work in progress, love to hear feedback, love to also learn from, from others. So I would appreciate that. But LinkedIn is the way. All right. She's Nadia Rashid. She is, she is helping not only attract, but retain and grow some of the best talent in SaaS right now. The results speak for themselves. She's had an outstanding career as a leader. We're super fortunate to have had her join us today. Nadia, thank you for everything you've done for the sales community. Thank you for what you've done in joining me here today. And as I say to everyone, happy selling. Thanks so much, Rob. This is a pleasure. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, I got to thank my friends at Scipio for their support of the Sales Leadership Podcast. Texting is one of the last platforms where you can really differentiate how you engage your customers. Listen, there's no doubt in my mind that texting needs to be part of the modern sales process. And if you're not, Scipio can help you get there. They got the right tool and they got the right training for you. And I've dug into their product and I love it. Since I started this partnership with Scipio, I've had several sales managers hit me up and tell me just how much they like the Scipio platform. It's simplicity. It's powerful features. And the impact that texting done right creates, it makes this tool a no-brainer for the modern salesperson. Listen, not all text messaging platforms are created equal. And if you're looking to engage more with your clients and also want to get more of your prospects to dem demos and discovery meetings, start using Scipio. Scipio's platform is the most powerful, most personalized one I've ever seen, and it's just that simple. I know the team personally, and I know they're going to give you an amazing experience. So take advantage of a free month with no strings, compliments of the Sales Leadership Podcast, by heading to Scipio.com, and then tell them I sent you by using the code ROB on the sign-up page. You'll be blown away how quickly the right text platform can change the game for the members of your team. Now, this show is also brought to you by my company, the Jepson Performance Group. And if you're like most sales leaders, you've been left to figure out your leadership system on your own, and that's why you need to hit me up. Because while there's no shortcuts to success, you will get there faster if you take the most direct route. You do not need to take this meandering approach to figuring it out, especially as we adapt and adjust, as we talked about with Nadia. Um, if you like the content of this podcast, you're going to love the content in my community for sales leaders, Sales Leadership United. I want you to think of it like the Home Depot for sales leaders. I've got my very best content, over 100 hours of training materials, just dropped some great stuff on hiring in there today. Um, you'll find everything you need if you want to build an elite sales leadership system, if, if you head over to Sales Leadership United. And if you've never had a coach in your corner, 
now is a really great time to give it a try. Because the greatest performers in the world in every discipline, they invest in themselves. So save your most precious resource, your time. Teeny tiny improvements create disproportionate results in both sales and sales leadership. And if you can win just a little more, just a little faster, you create massive disproportionate results. And if you want to find those advantages faster, hit me up today. So let's get back to Nadia. Nadia Rashid someone I've been impressed with for a long, long time. Like I said, I I met her when we were both speaking at an outreach roadshow. She was fantastic then. She's even better now. She's done great things at Seismic and for the sales community everywhere. And the growth that she's participated in has been no accident. Listen, I want to share some recent uh, statistics with you that I just got my hands on recently. This is something every leader should be thinking about. 74% of companies have changed how they buy. Only 17% of companies have changed how they sell. And even worse, only 5% of companies have changed how they lead. So 74 say we buy differently. Only 17% say we sell differently. That by the, right there should get your attention. But then even worse, only 5% are saying we're leading our team differently. So those who have figured out how to adapt how they're selling, and then more important, those who are, are able to adapt how they lead, they have a new first mover advantage. And that's one of the reasons I, lo- I loved this conversation with Nadia so much. Because she talked about how she's adapted, how she's leading. And very few have done that intentionally. And a huge part of Nadia's purpose is fueling the growth of her people. I love how she started right out of the gates. She said, hey, I'm super competitive hitting my goals, but I care way more about the development of my people. And then she immediately identified that she's had to adapt her style in the last 20 months in order to effectively help fuel the development of the people she leads. And that's a great thing for each one of us to consider. How have we adapted in order to make sure we are all connecting to people in ways where we can optimize how we help them grow and ultimately succeed? And what that means is we need to make the choice to be in growth mode as a leader. We need to have to be continually growing and continually evolving. We we work hard to help our reps continue to grow and continue to evolve. And we've got to make the conscious choice for ourselves as leaders as well. Because that adaptation, those changes don't just happen by being around. Okay. Now, Nadia gave us several examples of how she's chosen to adapt. Go back and listen to them. But here's a couple. She's changed how she does the one-on-one. She's changed what she prioritizes. Right. She's now prioritizing how helping people learn to recharge. She's, she's become even more authentic and more connected to the person rather than just the results or the outcomes. She's become more vulnerable. She now shares what her passion points are as a leader with her team. And there's so many more, okay? But that's the point. I've watched some people hold on to the kind of quote-unquote good old days for far too long, and they lose their ability to be relevant in the modern sales world. So an easy place to see it is when people point to older sales methodologies, I've seen it all the time. Oh, that person no longer gets it. Oh, that person hasn't done anything for a while. Oh, that person's been left behind. And you can usually point to the reasons why you say that. Well, I'm going to predict right now that the events of the last 20 months are going to be dinosaur makers. There are going to be some leaders who hold on to their old spreadsheets and leaderboards and their old way of doing things. And these people may be young in their careers. They may be 20-somethings, early 30-somethings who are just doing what was done to them. But these leadership approaches will be outdated quickly if they don't adapt as a leader. That's why this conversation with Nadia is so important. I'm not saying that we don't measure stuff. We absolutely measure stuff. But how we create influence has got to be different. And that's what I loved about this conversation with Nadia. She shared that she's creating influence in new ways that are creating new areas of impact and making it so she's totally connected to the growth of the people. Now, the modern salesperson, the modern sales leader has a new non-negotiable. Okay, here it is. The modern sales leader must connect the aspirations of a salesperson to the goals and objectives of the company. The antiquated sales leader will still be handing out a quota and a playbook and then telling him, I'll see you at the finish line. And Nadia has given us an amazing blueprint on how to do that. On not how to do the second one. She's given us an amazing blueprint on how to connect to the people and do it in a way that will attract people that want to work for you because they crave your leadership approach. They crave the way that you create impact. They crave the way that you create influence in their lives and their careers. So how do we do this? Once again, Nadia has given us a great place to start. 
Start with Nadia's advice of being really, really aware of everything going on all around them. This is a big one. When she made this statement in the in the podcast, I wrote it down and I made an asterisk in my notes. I've been thinking a lot about this ever since she said it. Because too often, we're only aware of the progress to goal. Too often, we're only aware of the metrics. But being aware of what's going on all around them will help you individualize what you do faster and with greater impact. The three questions, what, how, why, they're more important than ever before. Because we have to connect before we correct. And if you can take from this conversation, if all you take from this conversation with Nadia is the new non-negotiables, you'll be better off. And if you didn't write them down, write them down now. Go back and listen to them again. Work hard. Demonstrate a good work ethic. Talk less and listen more. Connect with individuals. And be curious about everything going on all around you. Those are great lessons anytime, but especially right now. And what I love about Nadia's story is she's not searching for the new silver bullet. She's focused on staying connected to the new realities, focused on knowing more about the people she works with and what matters to them in light of these realities. And that understanding creates possibilities, which creates opportunities, which ultimately will create new realities. So Nadia, my friend, thank you so much for joining me today. What a fantastic conversation with someone who walks the talk. I appreciate you sharing some of the insights that have helped you fuel the development of the people in your org. And to do it with such humility is something that we should all aspire to because I find it super inspirational. And creating impact like the impact Nadia's created is something we should all be chasing. Now, if you haven't, be sure to connect with Nadia at Seismic. She's fantastic and a great resource, and I promise you, you'll be glad you did. I want to also thank my friends at Scipio. If you haven't done so, get over there to Scipio.com and take advantage of the 30-day trial by using the tool for yourself. Right? The future is in texting. Go to the sign-up link, enter the code ROB, and then start commuting with your, communicating with your prospects the way they want to be communicated with. You'll get results faster than you may have ever thought possible. Finally, thanks to each of you, our listeners. If you liked this episode, Please give me a five-star review on iTunes. It goes a long way in helping me get the best guests in the world on our show. And with that, I want to remind you, be elite, live strong, chase your passions, and whatever you do, don't worry, just execute, because we got you. Thank you so much for joining the Sales Leadership Podcast, the award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jetpg.com. That's rob at jeppg.com. And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner, you know where to find me.